I guess every show has a filler episode at some point, oh, right? No. <laughs> That's what that felt like. The F word, no. Krypton to Alderaan. I'm Joey, your Star Wars lover, and we have a lot of new listeners and subscribers, so this intro might be new for people who haven't been with us for very long. With me this episode is Royish Goodlooks. Hello, podcast. Robin. Hello. And Dr. Lorelai. Hello. Wow, we've got the band back together. The gang's all here. And of course, we are the podcast that analyzes nerdy pop culture stuff, but it is mostly Star Wars. And this episode, all four of us will be discussing The Mandalorian. But first, like I said, we've got a lot of new listeners and subscribers, which is really, really amazing to see. I don't know about y'all, but I am blown away and humbled. Both things. We just surpassed 180 subscribers on YouTube, which is incredible. For everyone out there, if you'd like to show your support and or get in on the conversations, consider subscribing to us on YouTube. You can also find us on any social media platform. Just search Krypton to Alderaan. And hey, if you're like, eh, I haven't heard enough yet to convince me to subscribe, make sure you keep listening to the end. We've got four hosts this time, and we're bound to have some interesting discussions and opinions. So give us a chance to convince you that we're worth it. That's enough of that. Let's get into the Baby Yoda show. Don't forget about the wild conspiracy theories as well. There'll, there'll be plenty of those too. <laughs> Let's just jump right into it. I'm eager to hear what you all think. If you don't remember co-hosts of this show, <laughs> we once did a Mandalorian season three predictions episode. That's right. Probably more than two years ago, because it's been two years since The Mandalorian had an episode. In that episode, Royce and I pitched our ideas, which were that Baby Yoda wouldn't return. Robin and Lorelai both told us we were wrong. In fact, Lorelai saying point blank we were wrong and, quote, in case you've forgotten, you love Baby Yoda too. Now that we're back, we're back in the Mandoverse, not counting Boba Fett, how do we feel about seeing Baby Yoda back on our screens? So excited. <laughs> we were so excited we made his face out of guacamole for the premiere. <laughs> oh, we did do that. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, we were right. He was coming back. It was weird that he came back not in this show, but he's back now. Um, and it was fun that like opening scene with Mando and Baby Yoda back together, flying through space. Having a good old time. How many times have you used the gif of him popping up in the, the N1 pod there in your text message <laughs> conversations? That's what I want to know. Um, zero times. Zero times. But now I'm going to have <laughs> so to put far. it in the video for this episode. Great. <laughs> All right. We won't use that as the metric, but okay. So Lorelai's excited. What about Robin? Oh, I'm super excited. I knew he'd come back. It's a pointless show without him. <laughs> No just, point. Just throw that it's out It's a there. pointless show without him. Now, there's a clickbait title. <laughs> you know, Robin is right. Lorelai's right. Like, to have him back is sort of the soul of the Mandalorian. It's not really Mando being like a bounty hunter all on his own. It's the whole clan of two thing. That's the balance here in, in that universe is that he's learning to care about more things than just bringing in criminals for money. 
it's important for Baby Yoda to be there to balance it out. Anyway, I'm also excited. Let's be honest. We do love Baby Yoda. Yeah, I am very excited. It was it wasn't too long after we recorded that episode that I listened back and was like, my takes are terrible. <laughs> of course, I want Baby Yoda to come back, not just because he's cute and I'll buy the merch, but also because it's so fun and it's a great found family story, which is kind of what Star Wars is all about. So it's great seeing Baby Yoda back. I'm very excited. You know what? I'm excited with an asterisk. I don't exactly like seeing where it's going, I suppose. So we're halfway through the season now. We're getting into Baby Yoda becoming more of a Mandalorian and going through the Mandalorian training. How do we all feel seeing that? Did we expect that to happen? I can't necessarily recall if we predicted that. I think it was kind of implied by the fact that he decided to leave Jedi training behind, that he was choosing to be a Mandalorian rather than a Jedi, I guess, or choosing to be what he wanted to be. It does feel kind of weird, like watching him have a smackdown with another child, even though in theory, if he was in Jedi training, he would have been doing that also if there were more of them. But in general, I feel like the show is just like less. It's not about Baby Yoda anymore. It's like about the Mandalorians. And he is now fitting into that like storyline rather than it being like, who is this tiny cute baby? It's Mm. like, who are the Mandalorians? And he's like also just a foundling now who's kind of along for the ride rather than the main character of the show. Interesting. Robin, what do you think about seeing Baby Yoda become more of a Mandalorian? I'm not surprised. I did think it would take a little bit longer. Like I thought he would be a little bit older. He's like a one foot tall infant, basically. Luckily, they just so happen to have a wrist launcher exactly his size that he could use (laughs) magically, unless they typically strap wrist launchers onto other very young Mandalorians, which I suppose is possible. It seems like they might do that, yes. (laughs) They're not showing it, but they probably do. Yeah. They bring out a tiny little jetpack for him. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not surprised. It was a little bit weird to see, but I'm glad he kicked that other kid's ass because that other kid was a little turd. Oh, man. That other kid cannot catch a break. Uh, Paz Vizsla's kid keeps keeps (laughs) almost getting eaten by monsters. (laughs) Yeah. What do you think, Royce? That training montage was interesting. And I really love Lorelai's point that like, hmm, So we're all kind of invested in the show to some degree because Baby Yoda is like a super cute, lovable character. The Mandalorian has cool armor and gadgets. There's two kind of like archetypes if you want to be the badass gunslinger or if you want to be the cute and cuddly like CG character or puppet, whatever you want to think of him as. That can really bring in two different worlds there for the show, which is literally like the podcast panel right now, right? If we're going to look at it stereotypically, the like canon nerds and the like partners Mm -hmm. of the canon nerds that just want a fun, (laughs) fun adventure, right? And I love that you're framing that baby Yoda now. You two are in Robin and Lorelai because of Grogu, but we're learning about his, his new culture that he's dedicating to the Mandalorians through that. Man, it's a little weird when he's like, yeah, fight. I think Grogu is saying like, you know, he can't speak in in words, but I think he's trying to tell us or the Mandalorian like, well, I don't know. When I was with Luke, like he said, we don't use our powers for attack. You know, Jedi aren't supposed to like take your lightsaber and like beat up other people to prove how strong you are. It's like the opposite. You're supposed to be strong, but through, you know, a different means, you know, that you respect one another and you use your powers to protect people. In the Mandalorian culture, Mando says, guns are part of my religion, like weapons are part of my religion. Like their whole thing is that they're warriors, which is the Jedi are not warriors. So 
that's a little weird that they show Grogu, Lorelai, you say he's like choosing his own path, but then Mando is like, you have to fight though. This is your new, you're at your new school. We're literally training you to be a fighter. So that does feel weird, but then Grogu does it. You know, he's still impressionable enough to be like, okay, if you say I gotta like lay the smack down, I'm gonna do the little backflip and then pew, 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 and I'll show him who's boss. I know that that runs with you a little bit, Joey, of like Grogu, like force choking people and being a little bit evil. Maybe we're going to see more of that from him, which is kind of a little uncomfortable. Yeah, there's a couple of things here. Like the Jedi say they're not warriors, but they're warriors. I mean, they say they're peacekeepers. Again, like I, I like the Jedi in the High Republic are much more of the ideal Jedi than we see the prequel Jedi be. And even Luke, who's like, don't use your power for evil. But then he like, raises all the frogs out of the swamp or whatever. It's like, why are you messing with these frogs? They're just trying to live their lives. There's maybe some hypocrisy there where like the Jedi aren't calling themselves that. At least the Mandalorians are being honest with themselves. Mm. But I'm curious, Royce had said like Robin and Lorelai are in now, right? Baby Yoda's back. The headline, Baby Yoda returns. But are you as in? That's the real question here. Like with seeing Baby Yoda going through this Mandalorian training. They're strapping guns to his wrist. He's becoming this like Mandalorian child soldier. That's what the Mandalorians are. That's what they believe they are. Every Mandalorian except for uh, Bo-Katan's sister is like a warrior race. And that's what they're raising their kids to be. So are you less in to Baby Yoda seeing that happen? I feel like this is just part of his character development and he's going to like find some line between the two. And I think that'll happen because he's also getting sucked into like this cult, which I don't think is necessarily representative of like the Mandalorian people as a whole. In the first season, we were like, oh, Mando, Din Djarin is like what all Manda Mandalorians are like. And then we find when we like meet Bo-Katan, we're like, oh, wait, no, he's actually a crazy cult person. So I think it's just like part of figuring out like who the Mandalorian people are and like figuring out how Baby Yoda fits in between sort of the Jedi and the Mandalorians. And he's like sort of finding his own path. That being said, I do think just in general right now, I feel like the show is less fun than it was kind of in the earlier seasons, just because like the first season was just like, they're just like going around trying to figure out who he is and where he actually belongs. And he, Mando's like, I feel weird bringing this little baby who was my bounty back to wherever he was supposed to go like it feels wrong so I'm gonna find his real home instead and now it's like oh no we're training him for battle and it's unclear like who they're battling or why and it just feels a little bit less fun overall so I am not less in because of Baby Yoda being a Mandalorian it just like is sort of a different show now than it was before what do you think Robin I'm not less in but I am more concerned for Baby Yoda's safety like every time Din leaves and just kind of leaves him like alone on the beach. I'm like, do you know what happens to every child that gets left alone on the beach? Something comes and takes it and you're just, just leaving him alone. Child. Get eaten by that big turtle thing. Well, then he goes off with the armorer and he's like having a vision and he's really sad there because of the weird stuff the armorer is exposing him to. But Din would be okay with that because that's part of the way, obviously. Yeah, I was also concerned for his safety there. I was like, he's going to get into like the smelting machine or something and he's gonna get burned <laughs> gonna crawl or, in there yeah he's gonna poke around and do something he's not supposed to i think it makes sense that he's becoming a mandalorian so i'm not not less in i'm just constantly worried for his hmm. safety so you're okay with him fulfilling his destiny as a warrior as long as he's safe yeah i think 
I feel like he's going to grow up to be a Mandalorian Jedi and he's going to be the ruler of all the Mandalorians. Yeah, so kind of what Lorelai's alluding to, maybe helping to find a middle ground of like, he's got the Jedi exposure and maybe still has some good in him rather than people like Paz Vizsla that are like, you've fallen from the way, apostate. Yeah. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe finding a balance. It's like poetry. It's like poetry. It's balanced. <laughs> what do you think, Royce? Does this idea make you less in? Oh, I think it's interesting. Like, in all the other Star Wars material, we see people training to be Jedi. So that's sort of the thing that like, oh, they have force powers and we get to see them learn more through the force and they can either be good force users or bad force users. That's the dichotomy in like the movies for the most part. And then in the show, they show a little bit of the, of the Jedi stuff, but now it's more so like, do you want to be a Jedi or a Mandalorian? And even within the Mandalorians, there are those two different factions. So yeah, it's just a different vehicle for the same sort of storyline, essentially. I'm okay with it because this to me feels almost like, yes, this season is a little different. It's not a happy-go-lucky adventure where it's like one-off little stories totally contained. Many of the episodes pick up where the last one left off, which I tend to enjoy, but it certainly does feel like we've gotten to like the third album with a band and now they're recording mm -hmm. like really sad, depressing music. And you're like, you guys just to be like, trying to think of like a cliche example with the Beatles, you know, like love, love me do like really happy stuff. And then you do some weird experimental album. That's kind of where I feel like we are with the Mandalorian. We're going into like the dark times we're going to see them come out of it eventually. It's just part of the story, maybe. So I'm along for that ride. That's a good way to look at it. Maybe you've all convinced me to be a little more open-minded about this season because I was getting a little bit close-minded. I do like what Robin said about keeping Baby Yoda safe. And we've seen Baby Yoda be very competent. Grogu. Maybe we should start. <laughs> we'll just go with Baby Yoda. We've seen Grogu be very competent this season, right? Especially when Mando is being a himbo and getting like captured by some spider droid. And he flies out in his pod, he gets in the N1 and he makes R5 take him to Bo-Katan, right? Maybe when he's with the armor, when she's making his armor, he's a little bit more safe than say like when he was with Luke. When he's with the armor and the like piston is going up and down, he has a flashback. And it's sad, it's heartbreaking, it's dramatic for him. But Luke forced him to have that flashback in the Book of Boba Fett, right? Hmm. Luke, like, used the Force to, like, see Grogu's vision and forced him to have that vision, whereas, like, the Mandalorians are letting him, like, have that on his own. Man, that's too bad that's in the Book of Boba Fett. That's such a cool parallel there, Joey. <laughs> also, speaking of safety, when Grogu chooses Din and the chainmail, Luke just puts him in an X-Wing and shoots him off into space albeit with the most capable, badass soldier droid in the history of Star Wars, but you still you still were just kind of like a big baby about it. That's how I see Luke in that instance, like being a little jerk and saying, you didn't choose me, go on, get. Mm. And he puts him in the X-Wing and he shoots him into space. And he's like, go find Din. So maybe he's more safe with the Mandalorians. I'm not completely on board with this like child soldier stuff. I hope that we get away. I hope that Din does learn a lesson here. We've been like, Three seasons in now of wanting Din to learn a lesson about the Children of the Watch, and we're not getting there. And now we're even more into the Children of the Watch than we've been before. So I hope we get out of it. I don't really like that for Grogu, but maybe he is more safe than he would have been with the Jedi. Especially, also, we know what happens to Luke's school eventually. So get Grogu out of there. 
Speaking of the Baby Yoda fan club, I think we've all established we all love Baby Yoda. Royce and I have retconned our opinions here. Finally getting the Mandalorian back after two years. How do we feel about spending time away from both the Mandalorian and Grogu in the Mandalorian show? We've had one episode so far this season that we've spent entirely, well, maybe not entirely away from them, but two-thirds of the episode was on Coruscant with Dr. Pershing and Elia Kane uh, and going through the New Republic stuff on Coruscant. So how do we feel about spending that time away? That episode just kind of showed it isn't important to the storyline of The Mandalorian yet, but it doesn't feel like it's important. I think it just goes to show now it's what the showrunners are trying to do in terms of like putting all of these shows together. That episode very much to me felt more like an episode of Andor, even though I know we like met these characters in Mando season two, right? I don't really remember. First thing was in one of the first episodes in season one. Yeah, In season one. Okay. I get that they're like trying to put these shows together a little bit more. Obviously, that's why like half of this season of Mando was actually in the book of Boba Fett. It just feels a little bit weird. I I mean, I think it just kind of goes with the fact that like it's not the show that it was before. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're getting like more into the Star Wars lore and the politics and the blah blah versus just like letting it be <laughs> about like these characters that are sort of separate from like what else is going on in the Star Wars universe, which is what the show kind of was before. And I guess I don't really know how I feel about it. I mean, I didn't find that episode too terribly interesting maybe because i didn't really remember those characters all that well i'm sure it will become important but i was let's go back to what's like going on with our our main friends here how do you feel robin i guess every show has a filler episode at some point right (laughs) that's what that felt like the f word no but filler it was the longest episode so far and one of the longest in the entire series which is funny to call that filler yeah the entire time i'm like so no other ideas for grogu mandalorian it's called the mandalorian and he was barely in it i also forever hold a grudge against dr pershing i don't ever want to see him again and i get like grogu ptsd every time i see him because i'm like you did a horrible thing you're a horrible man and watching him (laughs) you know give a speech like you know he could have saved his mother and i'm like i don't believe you that sounds like a fake story i feel like i'm watching an episode of 2020 where Mm. (laughs) you know they're being interrogated and every word that comes out of their mouth is a lie he was so easily swayed to like be a bad person and go get his cloning stuff. I didn't really like any of the characters in that episode. Like they are just, there's no way they're not all still horrible, evil people, Mm. even though they went through whatever the redemption program or whatever they called it. Reintegration. Reintegration. I don't really trust that they're not still all evil people. I spent the entire episode just worrying that they were going to make a plan to go kidnap Grogu again and mm. experiment. There's one on thing it. I'm missing from my cloning stuff, the I, child. Yeah. I just I don't <laughs> I don't trust them. It made me really nervous and it it felt like filler. It's interesting because it wasn't filler. Like Lorelai said, no. it obviously had a lot of information in it and it was pretty dense. And that's the biggest comparison that like this was an Andor episode in The Mandalorian. It's like there was a Mandalorian episode in Boba Fett. And I think that's going to be a theme. Even like season two, when we're introduced to Ahsoka, that was like an Ahsoka episode in The Mandalorian, Mm -hmm. even though that's not a show yet, but it will be. 
they're not using post credit scenes, although I guess they did that at the end of season two of Mando. Is that the post credits with Boba Fett? You know, you go see a Marvel movie, you get a end credit scene that cues you into one of their next properties. And Star Wars is trying to do that, but maybe they're not sticking the landing so much when they're shoving it into an actual episode when, like you said, Robin, it's called The Mandalorian. Joey, bring up our favorite GIF. You do intend to have Mandalorians in your, your Mandalorian show. <laughs> that is obviously like a very fair thing to expect as a viewer. It would be like, I don't know, any show that's about a character when you spend time away from it. Or Breaking Bad, the show where they cook meth, but they spend an episode squishing a fly. It takes you out of what you expect from the show, which is the most difficult thing about any of these stupid fandoms is when you expect something. Like, yeah. we have to go on the ride of that quote-unquote filler episode to see what it sets up, which it might be cool. But some people don't want to go on that ride. They just want to be entertained with the Baby Yoda show. And I respect that. But it, that's what makes it tough to enjoy the entire thing. I don't like this album, but I like all the other albums or this song right. on that album. But I do like the album as a whole. I just skip track five where they do the instrumental BS and they don't, you know, have the, the banger chorus or whatever. But track five is so important on every Taylor Swift <laughs> but album. But track five so really sets up track six. <laughs> so Robin, you and I are vibing a bit on that episode. I love that episode. I wouldn't call it filler. I obviously like the lore a lot. But as far as like the people involved, I mean, I love the characters, but like how easily swayed they were and stuff like that. And also we find out the New Republic is kind of evil as well. They're like mind-flaying people. Royce and I hashed all this out already. But it is interesting to see maybe the sacrifices that are being made with the show from the showrunners to incorporate it all into this Mandoverse where we're doing this stuff. I really like the way Andor did this kind of thing where we spent time away on Coruscant learning about other stuff and the way it all tied in. And maybe it'll make sense at the end. You know, it's hard to speculate. We all do have expectations, which is part of the problem. Well, Andor set up the fact that it was going to be dense and long. Mando set up that every day it'll be a fun adventure with our family. Right. And now we're changing it. And, and we're we're getting into like these interconnected shows and maybe, a you know, a big franchise bad kind of thing, which is fine. It's a hard pill to swallow. I'd be super interested to know what listeners think of, of that episode in particular and jumping around. I think it's a lot easier to swallow if you want to be the canon of file. Which I do. Because then you start to see little stupid things that connect. Joey and I have talked about this a bunch. I know that you, Robin and Lorelai haven't been on all the episodes lately, but like, man, we've been watching The Bad Batch and then to see how that connects in or things from The Clone Wars or Rebels or other shows, which maybe not everyone is watching, but that certainly does make it for me. And I'm a very impatient person. I want it to be awesome right away. I do want the banger chorus. But when you consume everything, then you're like, oh, and, and you can truly go along for the ride. But that's the problem is the expectations that if you want it to just be perfect, it's just not going to be that way. It's like you said, Joey, it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because everybody will come into it with a totally different perspective in different yeah. amounts of canon they've consumed. Maybe not even the book of Boba Fett, like you brought up earlier, that Luke scene, like that's important. Yeah. Lorelai and I watch have been watching The Mandalorian in a group. You know, we have a little watch party and like two thirds of that group did not watch the Book of Boba Fett before watching this season of The Mandalorian. Had no idea that it even existed. Do you think that mattered to them, Lorelai? Were they like, how does he have Baby Yoda back? I mean, we had told them like, oh yeah, Baby Yoda comes back and maybe you should watch these two episodes of Book of Boba Fett because yeah. it's actually Mandalorian. I guess it's interesting because I feel like in the previous two seasons, they did a much better job of sort of 
riding that line between, you know, knowing that their audience is really two separate audiences. Yeah. One of which are people like me that are just like watching the show to watch the show and aren't really going to watch many of the other shows. The other half of their audience are people who are like, have seen every single episode of everything that Star Wars has ever (laughs) produced. You know, when Ahsoka shows up in The Mandalorian in season two, she's very relevant to the story. It makes sense. And we like care about her as people who have, I've never seen her in another show ever. And she's like Joey's favorite character in Star Wars. Correct. Right. So I cared about her being there because she was important to the Mandalorian. And this episode in particular of Mando, where it was like, I don't care about what's happening here on Coruscant because it's not relevant to what's happening. They're kind of veering off towards, you know, the expectation that you've seen every other Mm. bit of Star Wars, which is just it's just a different balance. Yeah. And it is like not the it's not towards my side of the balance, which and I'm a selfish person, so... It's you know. not the way. It's not the way. Joey, you and I both have been making fun of the Mandalorian dialogue a little bit. The like, oh my God. there's a cave over there. Let's enter the cave. Oh, there's the living waters in the cave. Those are sacred to my people. We've been hit. We took a hit. Oh, for yeah. crying out loud. He says we took a hit. <laughs> All of that dialogue, though, like they've done a good job uh, teaching you like who Bo-Katan is, I think, for people that didn't mm-hmm. watch. Like there's a lot of information about her in the animated shows, but they're doing a good job teaching us about her if you weren't already familiar. But yeah. then they go to Pershing. It's a little too far of a reach. Mm. They should maybe sprinkle that in just like they're sprinkling in the Bo-Katan backstory, which is also important and also outside of the Mando universe from the animated stuff. Yeah, you know, the the point you made, Lorelai, about it being relevant or not relevant got me thinking about Andor. What I think one of the great things about Andor is that when we do go to Coruscant, it's we see Mon Mothman, and we see Luthen, and it's immediately relevant ah. to what Cassian is mm. going through. Yeah. They're like, what did you do? Mon Mothma's confronting Luthen about their plan that Andor is a part of, which I think there is a plan that connects the two storylines in Mandalorian, but it's not connected in that episode. It's a very disconnected thing. We see the Mandalorian at the beginning of the episode and at the end of the episode, but then in the middle, that relevant tie-in is not there. I think it will come and I'm excited for it. And I do like that episode. They didn't say, oh, this is how this connects, which they did in Andor. Maybe if they brought Moff Gideon in and we saw him on trial or something and it made more of a connection to the season two finale, maybe that would have helped. I don't, I don't know. Because like you said, I like mm-hmm. that with the Mon Mothma and Luthen thing. That makes sense. There's nobody else yeah. in the Mando universe, though. Like, Din's not going to go to Coruscant. Maybe if he had like right. a mission there or something, you know? So hard to tie those two in. Pershing and Kane made sense, but nobody likes them. Yeah, well, I do. But it doesn't connect as much as it did in Andor. And it's not like Andor was spoon feeding you. I think it was done super duper well. It's just that this was very disconnected. You're right. Let's circle back to Mando and Grogu, just like they did in that episode we were discussing. Let's talk about spending some time away from Grogu and maybe focusing more on like the Mandalorian lore, Manda lore, (laughs) Ian, the children of the watch, the cult stuff, all that stuff that we're like learning more about. And maybe we're learning less about Grogu. Like in the first season, Lorelai, like you were saying, it was about like, finding his people, returning him to his people, which I originally thought meant like Yoda's species, but it turned out it just meant the Jedi. But now he's back with Mando. What does he say in when he's talking to Grief Karga in the first episode of this season? I completed my quest and he returned to me. Okay, well, (laughs) but now we're learning less about 
Grogu and that like species, which I find really interesting and more about like the children of the watch and the Mandalorian culture. So how do we feel about that? Do we want to see more about like baby Yoda history type stuff? Yeah, I think that's still a really interesting question because like we've established that both Mandalorians and Jedi basically take children that belong to other people (laughs) and train them to be warriors. So like, yeah, I think he should probably go back to his real home at some point. One of the other predictions we made was that Din was going to move away from the children of the watch and he was going to like get out of this cult mess and he had taken his helmet off. Mm -hmm. And so like he and they're being mean to him. (laughs) <laughs> like what's her face um, the armorer the armorer was like being really mean to him <laughs> so like maybe he would move on from that and join Bo-Katan or just like be a normal human being or I mean a normal Mandalorian without being involved in a cult and obviously it went like very much in the other direction he's like let's risk all of our lives to make me part of the cult again so I think that journey was important because they established that okay Mandalore is not like poisoned and you can breathe the air and that cave is still there. And like, maybe there's a mythosaur in it. That was interesting. But overall, I am anti-cult. <laughs> to hard stance right now. Anti-cult. Anti-cult. And I think this direction is not really what I predicted. And that I'm not saying this because it's not what I predicted, but I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true Star Wars fan. It actually isn't just because it's not meeting my expectations. It's just that, like, I actually don't like where the story is going. Mm. Like, if he had done something different that wasn't my expectation, that would be fine. But I think this is, like, backwards. And I still think that going forward, Bo-Katan's going to be like, why are we hanging out with these crazy people? Let's yeah. get out of here. And Baby Yoda's going to be like, why are we hanging out with these crazy people? Let's get out of here. And they will eventually. But right. right now, it's just annoying. So that's your main storyline that you don't like is that it feels like they're moving like his character backwards, not necessarily character development, but moving backwards. They're moving backwards. And like these people are not very good at whatever they're trying to do anyway. They keep getting eaten or kidnapped or whatever. No. Like, do you remember when they were... that planet. Do you remember <laughs> when you they doing? were all on the beach in the first episode and they all shot at the turtle thing with their little wrist launcher tethers, <laughs> thinking that maybe like 12 Mandalorians could hold this giant turtle monster down? I think they're all just dumb. Hmm. And maybe this goes back to a stormtrooper conversation Royce and I had in a Bad Batch episode recently. Maybe that's the quality of Mandalorians you get to join a cult, thinking that they could hold down a giant turtle monster with their stupid little (laughs) wrist tethers. Every human being in this season has been dumb. Why did they fight it anyway? Just run away. Fight it. Fly away. And then they fly. Why did they not have any ships? Like, what is happening here? To get to the other one that abducts the kid that the turtle monster tried to eat, they use their jetpacks and run out of fuel. And then Paz Vizsla says, This keeps happening. It always gets away. <laughs> this is as far as we could get on jetpack fuel. Meanwhile, his jetpack takes up like his entire body. And then what like, do they walk Can't back? go any further. My son's dead, I guess. But then when they find, oh, and then they find him. And he's like, we see the kid get barfed out of the giant bird thing. And the kid's like, ah! And then it cuts to Paz and he's like, he's alive. <laughs> it's so bad. It's just... And oh like finally goodness, the Bo-Katan is there and she's like, let me just like fix all of your shit for you because none of you can, mm. can take care of yourself. She's a better leader. I'm, yeah. Just want to go back to my castle and sit on my throne by myself. And then she can't. Wow. Yeah. I don't think she's a better leader. I think she's just not 
a moron. Yeah, she's, she's just the most competent. intelligent person there. Yeah. yeah. Also, yep. I need someone to figure out for me what the gas mileage of a Mandalorian jetpack is because apparently yeah. it's half a mile or so. What is the point of that then? I, I think it's really interesting they made a point about that, that it can run out. It's not like infinite. And it keeps running out. They keep having the same problem. So get a boat or something. Your jetpacks need power. They can't work over water. <laughs> yeah, this flying monster keeps taking Mandalorians we see the helmets in the nest. It's not the first it keeps rodeo. Taking them, and they just like get that far and give up. And Paz is literally like, it always gets away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. How did you get to this planet? Bo's the only one who thinks to go get, you know what? We're vamping too long about how dumb they are here. What do you think, Robin? How do you feel about learning more about the Mandalorian lore? Maybe less about Grogu. I think it's interesting, but I'm a really big fan of people who do what they want and think for themselves. And that's the opposite of what Din is currently doing. And it's like anything you'd see on TV with any other cult where you're like, this is, you know, they tried to get away, but that's all that they know. So they went back to the cult. That's exactly yeah, yeah, what this exactly. is. But the cult is also basically mean girls. Like they're so <laughs> horrible. Anyone who does not do exactly what they want them to do, like Din took his helmet off. He didn't wear pink on Wednesday. I was going to say, he's not Wednesdays allowed to we sit wear our helmets. Them. Yeah, now he's not allowed to sit with them until he almost drowns in the living waters in a cave 20,000 miles below the surface. For the record, you are also anti-cult. I am very anti-cult. <laughs> okay, cool. So hard stance anti-cult and to an extra level, Pro people who can think for themselves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Which apparently none of the Mandalorians can. Yeah. Well, that specific group, I think they just might be too dumb. Maybe this is like, obviously, the armorer and Bo are the two smartest people there. Yeah, she stays in the cave when the giant turtle monster's there. No, she... Oh, does she come she, out? She rescues the kid. Oh, right. Okay. I was going to say, she's just like, I'm going to stay and in this And she brings her, like, armorer tools to go fight it, <laughs> which is kind of cool, but also... What do you think, Royce? You like this lore? Oh, I love the Mandalorian lore. I want to learn more about them. Uh, let's link to the Mandalorian history binge in the show notes. Even if you're not into the animated series, I think you could spend a couple of hours binging through the Clone Wars and Rebel episodes. And that will make the experience of this show even better to see some of the stuff that even Bo-Katan and Paz Vizsla and Paz Vizsla's line, you get backstory there that you're not going to get yeah. directly in the show, maybe a little bit, but there's a lot of cooler Mando stuff in the animated series. But I love what they're doing. I love seeing the minds reciting the creed and interesting to see how they are practicing some of their religious ceremonies in the covert. So I'm all about learning more of that. One thing I think is interesting that Star Wars lately has been designing these scenes that make you really uncomfortable. The mind wiping of Pershing in the Andor episode of Mandalorian recently. In Bad Batch, there's tons of this oppressive nature being shown in that. And with Bo-Katan being redeemed, one of us, one of us. And she goes along with it. And she's now like, wait, how do you eat with your helmet off? She's still doing the thing and learning how to integrate with the cult. It feels weird because like you said, Robin, you don't want to be in the cult. You don't want Bo-Katan to be in the cult. You want Bo-Katan to be the badass that she's meant to be. That's uncomfortable to watch her be like, okay, never mind. I won't speak up, I guess. So I think at some point there will be a rubbing there where she has to be like, you know what? Like you guys have been saying, no, I'm out. This is, I'm not doing this. And there will be that breaking point moment. 
But that doesn't feel comfortable, but I still love learning about it because we have to set up all of that discourse for there to be a payoff. I don't think it would be as interesting as if she was still just off on her own because we'd be treading the same waters. We have to see her get dragged back in and find a way out and maybe bring Grogu and Din with them. And I think the thing we're missing is learning about the other Mandalorians. We're not learning enough about the people that left Bo-Katan. We know that all of her followers no longer follow her because she doesn't have the Darksaber. She's a piss poor leader if she can't lead them without the Darksaber. So maybe she's not a great leader. You're right, Robin. But we're not learning about them yet. So maybe that's to come. But oh, man, I love the Mandos. I think that was part of my prediction. More Mandos and helmets and gear. And we're getting plenty of that. So check that box for me. No problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you all know that I love the lore. I love canon and I'm willing to sit here and learn and absorb as much of it as I can. I do think like Royce is saying, we are learning about a very specific group of Mandalorians and it's not necessarily like enough for us to be making a decision. I would love to learn more. When we were doing our review episodes a couple of years ago, Royce, and we met Bo-Katan and the other Mandalorians for the first time, you had mentioned like, for example, your brother watching and being taken aback and being maybe taken out of it, being like, well, who are these people? That's not how Mandalorians are. They take their helmets off, you know? There's like a thing there about it being jarring once you get so far in and then learning that there is another way. And you had said to me in that episode, there is more than one way is not a, <laughs> as good of a tagline. I think we do kind of, quote unquote, need to learn more about the Mandalorians as a whole. And as much as there is in the animated series, there's so much we don't know. There's so much stuff that has been decanonized about the Mandalorians that we could be dipping our toes in with this series, which is something I would... I don't want to be too harsh. It is something I would like to see, and I would put it maybe above the necessity to tie it into a Mandoverse. Like, if we had a flashback about the first Mandalorian or Mandalore the first or whatever, because they were completely different alien race and legends, I think. I don't think that's canon anymore. So it'd be really interesting to see that. Maybe we'll get a like flashback Mythosaur episode. I want to learn more. I love learning this. But I also want to learn more about Grogu. I know this is the Mandalorian, but they set it up as mm. the, what is this? Who is this? Like Ahsoka says, I've only ever seen one other being like this. There's so much there that they kind of teased. And I would love to learn more about that. You know, Yoda's species history was never allowed to be told. George Lucas never let anybody, like it was very secret and very kept. I don't know if he has it or not. It seemed like he was letting Favreau and Filoni uncover a little bit of that. And I would love to see more. So I'm okay with the Mandalorian or <laughs> Mandor-Lorian episodes. That's Andor in there because <laughs> it's more wow. Mandor. But I also want to learn more about Grogu. Podcast listeners, Lorelai is shaking her head at that <laughs> overreaching now I have play. My eyes. Now I have to put a shaking head jib in. We used to have a segment on this show called the Surprise Question Time, but you all already know the question I'm going to ask, so it's just a regular question time. And listeners, we would love to hear your answers for these, so let us know. We have seen Grogu get chainmail. We've now seen him get the little chest plate with the mud horn on it. It's been adorable. What do you think about Grogu getting more armor and eventually maybe a helmet? Where did the ears go? That's my real question. I think it's probably not going to happen because I think he's not going to be a Mandalorian. Mm. Um, or like he's not going to be that much of a Mandalorian that he's going to 
get or want a helmet, and he's certainly not going to keep his cute little face hidden for the rest of eternity. I think it's super cute. He's now like building up his like different bits of armor. It's so sweet. I think he may eventually have a lightsaber, but I don't think he's going to have a helmet. It just like wouldn't work with the ears. Do you think he will have the dark saber? Do you think he will become the Mandalorian? The Mandalorian with the dark saber. Maybe it would make sense if he's like a Jedi slash Mandalorian, then maybe he is the perfect little tiny person to wield the dark saber. Nice. What do you think, Robin? I think he'll definitely get more armor. I think perhaps maybe just for logistics, he will not get a helmet because where <laughs> would the ears go, Lorelai? <laughs> and I said that... Where would they go? I said that when we were watching. I was like, how is he ever going to wear a helmet with the ears? And I think Royce was like, well, they would make it with space for... No, they're not... He's not going to get a helmet. Maybe they fold like down little, like a kitty cat. Like a little cutout for his little ears. Yeah. Like, how's that going to work? For many reasons, I don't think he's ever going to get a helmet. I don't think he's going to be technically a Mandalorian, but I feel like he is going to be the leader of the Mandalorians. Seems to know what he's doing and he has the force and he's gonna, I think he's gonna rule them all. Nice. I I would love to see that. You know what? Listeners, if any of y'all out there are artists, send us some fan mocks. Oh my gosh, yes. Send us some fan mock-ups of what you think Grogu would look like with armor, with a helmet, whatever you think. I would follow that Instagram account. Yeah, let us know. Krypton to Alderaan at gmail.com. What do you think, Royce? <laughs> Joey, I think regular question, but surprising answers of like, yeah, of course mm. you can't you can't cover up that beautiful face, baby. We gotta see you. So that's interesting. Like the logistics are obviously awkward, but I love him getting armor because that's part of it. When we meet Din, he already kind of has a full suit, but he's like one by one upgrading pieces. So it was really sweet to see that as Grogu's indoctrinated there, like, here's your first piece of many. It'd be really cool by the end of the season to see him, like, decked out with some more gear. You know, he used the darts. Like, maybe he'll have some gadgets, even though he has the Force. Maybe he'll have a favorite gadget, and maybe that will be a lightsaber. I, I love it. It's so, it's cute. Like, the chainmail was cute. The way that big thing fit on him, the rondel, whatever that is, I have no idea what that means. She's like, you'll grow into this. Like, it's not the perfect size yet, but later that will work. I got to see more armor on him. I got to see this Instagram account. I would love that. Oh, and also he does have the force. Maybe he's really good with quelling animals. He could tame the mythosaur, which is like Mm. what Mandalore the Great did. He tamed the mighty Mm -hmm. mythosaur. I don't know if Din could do that, but baby Yoda quells lots of animals. So I think maybe you're right, Robin. He'll do a lot of crazy stuff with the force. I love Jedi with connections to animals like Ezra. I just love when... Star Wars is nice to animals, and I love that part of the Force. I love that Force ability. So I would love to see Grogu do that. I also think, like, in Book of Boba Fett, Boba Fett says, I've tamed beasts a hundred times his size or whatever about the Rancor. So maybe Boba Fett will show uh, Din how to tame the Mythosaur. That's That's interesting. That might be a left-field theory. That'd be a good tie-in, though. Maybe. Yeah, something cool to see. Here's how I feel. Star Wars, I'll subscribe Send me a box every month with a new piece of Grogu armor. Merchandising, merchandising, merchandising. Send me every piece. The Grogu armor advent calendar. Gimme, 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 gimme. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I would subscribe to that service. Uh, I love seeing it. I hope he does get a helmet. What do I think is helmet? Maybe it would just be a big old dome. Is the ears in there and all. It would be like if you had to make a Lego helmet for him, you would have a cutout for the ears. I think the ears stick out. 
You still see his ears, so a little bit of cute factor, and he could you'd see his ears react, but not his face, maybe. What I if think they full... turned his pod into a helmet? Ooh. His little pod yeah. was like a Mandalorian that, helmet. A Beskar bastonet. <laughs> then the Mythosaur eats it, and we got a real Pinocchio situation. I'd, I want to see more armor. I want to see him grow up a little bit and maybe hear some first words. I do think it would be cool to see a Jedi Mandalorian. We've never seen it. We've only heard the tale told. Hopefully that's what they're leading all this towards. So I'd love to see Grogu become that. All right, listeners, we would love to hear what you are thinking about Mandalorian season three so far. Wherever you like the social media, we are there too. So reach out, leave some comments if you're here on YouTube and make sure to subscribe and come back next week for more reviews of the season finale of The Bad Batch and also more Mandalorian and other nerdy pop culture conversations. Thanks for listening to the end of the show. I've been Royce. I've been Robin. I've been Lorelai. I've been Paz Vizsla. And my boy. <laughs> and we've been Krypton to Right on the mark.